You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. Why should I care about uh, the, whale, the whale shark? I would say, seriously, just get on YouTube and you'll... What can they teach us? Whale sharks live can be live up to 100 years old. That's what I read, yeah, 60 to, 60 to 100. Many species are in crisis and need your help. It is estimated 73 million sharks are killed each year for just their fins. That's it. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Angie. Hello, Angie. Hi, Chris. You sound, uh, you sound pumped up. <laughs> I, this is, it, you know, it was before we got going today, I was just really thinking about it. I wish, if there's anybody that's rich out there wants to pay for us to do this, I think Angie and I would do a species a day. Like, yes. it is so fun. It is fun. It is so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. doing my homework this week, read up today's whale sharks, which is mm-hmm. really exciting. Yes. Very exciting. And, and I just was like, God, I wish I could just do this every day. I wish I could just talk about an, a new species, go learn everything I can about them, and then share that knowledge. It's... There's so much to learn, and I, <laughs> you can appreciate this, I, or probably any procrastinator out there, besides the fact that they're just so cool, they're the largest fish on the planet, so we'll talk a yep. little bit more about that, but that's pretty pretty fun, a fun fact. Mm-hmm. But every time I would go to do some research about them, I would just find myself watching videos of them. And right. yep. it's, <laughs> it became my zen relaxation for this week with all, with all in the evening when I'm winding down mm-hmm. from all the busy work throughout the day and they're just so beautiful and magnificent and humongous that mm-hmm. i just i just couldn't stop watching videos and you and i were actually truth be told to our listeners out there we were supposed to uh, podcast a day or two ago and i had to let chris know that i wasn't ready <laughs> because yeah i had yeah. i hadn't done all my homework i was too busy watching the videos of these things <laughs> during my uh, allocated uh, homework time yeah they you watch them and they're just so elegant uh, that's just the word that came oh, to mind yeah and there's this, and, there, and for the listeners who do like to go onto youtube and just type in whale shark and there's some very educational and informative uh, quick videos mm-hmm. but and then there's just some beautiful footage of of divers with them 
And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. just, oh, I'm like, oh, well, this one's only five minutes long. So I'd watch that one. And then the next, <laughs> the next one's only 10 minutes long. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, yeah. It, it's a very exciting, but I, I did do my homework and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to, to inform the listeners about why else they should, uh, care and love whale shark. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. amazing. I was going to say outside of Asia, the only place they are in captivity is the Atlanta Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And I saw them last November for the first time when I was visiting my sister up up there when I was li- still living in Florida. Uh, have you ever had a chance to see them? I have. Yes, it's uh, I've been a few years now, yeah. but it was really it really striking. And if if anybody has a chance and hasn't been to the Georgia Aquarium, you mm-hmm. should go. It's top notch, mm-hmm. modern, um, just amazing vantage points. Really well done. Cool yeah. species that you've never even heard of or seen before. And yeah, and you get to uh, be semi up close and watch yeah. a whale shark do swim its over thing. your head. Yeah, swim right mm-hmm. over your head in that tunnel. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a really fun day with my sister doing some good stuff there. Anyways, hey Melissa, we love you. <laughs> you you are one of our number one fans <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, anyway, so mm-hmm. whale sharks. They are now sadly classified as endangered, and and we'll get into why with that. But stay tuned. Because even though these guys live pretty long, if you want to hear what the longest living animal on Earth is, stay tuned towards the end Mm -hmm. of the podcast and Angie and I will pop your brains with knowledge about some incredible species of animals. Now, I know there's trees that are like 10,000 years old, which are crazy, but you'll see. It, It will blow you away. It will blow you away. So, whale shark. What do they look like? And as Angie said, largest fish in the world. And so people, even as a kid, I probably, you hear whale shark, you think, oh, it's a whale, right? And it, no, it's not a whale. It's a fish. It's a large fish. fish. Mm-hmm. Right. Largest fish in the world. So whales, porpoises, dolphins, or mammals, a whale shark is a, is a fish. Now, I'm not going to go over this too much, but my three-year-old, and I know your kids too, with Finding Dory, that it's been very popular Lately, in the last couple of years, Destiny from that movie is a whale shark. Oh, Destiny. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We always like to say, it's your destiny, Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> the beluga whale. So, yeah, my three-year-old, when he was two, we watched that thing about three times a day for a month. It just, <laughs> but it kept him quiet, so that was a good thing. So they are beautiful. Just to describe them... They have like I, I would say mottled gray skin with pale white yellow dots. Yeah, well, this, the white white to yellowish spots. Um, right, between, right. Yeah, they're between like pale, palish horizontal and vertical stripes that are subtle too. Yeah, so yes. uh, they're just gorgeous, very, very distinct, yeah. distinct coloration, and their size being as big as a bus uh, or mm-hmm, as long as mm-hmm. a bus, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, is what they can reach. Uh, you know, you just, you can't miss them. And then, and then they stand out when you do see them and they're just gliding right. through the water and they're, they're gentle giants is how they're described, mm-hmm. uh, is very, they might, their size of course is intimidating, but they're mm-hmm. very harmless and they're docile. Uh, mm-hmm. they only, they're not what we think of sharks. Of course, a lot of people have the shark phobia, which it, you really shouldn't because more people get injured from, I think cows a year than sharks for sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always thought that yeah. was a funny Beastings. fact. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
Um, These things, yep. But we do. We can't have you know, just it's um, unfortunately a stereotype in our culture of like sharks bite and are scary. But since these are filter feeders, which we'll touch more on nutrition, and they have some really cool adaptations about how they how they do that. Mm-hmm. But because of that, they just glide along, feeding on plankton and small fish and krill, and have no interest mm-hmm. in trying to uh, you know. swallow us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that that just to me is makes them even more endearing. Right. And- <laughs> yeah, they're they're really they're really striking uh, animal. Mm-hmm. They so they have these really square heads. It's just you know you look at it. It's really wide. Uh, it's, it's a good blockhead is a good way to to talk them blockheads. Uh, oh, well, a roundish blockhead, but yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not like hammerheads or anything. But they, yeah, they have like no, a, no, almost like an not an octagon. But I know exactly what you're saying. It is. It's, it's very yeah. big. Well, they can open their mouth like five feet or something. Crazy yes, like yes, that. almost five feet. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they have that. They have two pectoral fins, like any fish or. Even whales and dolphins have that. Now, their caudal fin goes up and down where a whale or a porpoise or dolphin have flukes that are flat, right? So when people think, oh, what's the difference between whales and sharks? That's really a big one is is that. And then obviously they breathe through gills, which we talked about in Vampire Squid about how that works. So mm-hmm. people want to learn about how that, that helps them breathe. Whereas, say, a whale is going to breathe through their blowholes, right? They they actually need air, or they, they breach and, and suck in air. Now, some of the things I saw out there were claiming they could be as big as 60 feet. The the largest I think they've ever found that's scientifically measured has been one that's roughly 22 tons or 44,000 pounds. Convert that to metric, that's about 20,000 kilograms. So wow. that is huge. Mm-hmm. And then it was as long as about 42 feet. Or 12.7 meters. Mm-hmm. So like a four-story house. Well, I don't know who lives in a four-story house. Four-story building. <laughs> yeah, not, not me. <laughs> they don't exist in New Zealand. But, you know, huge. Like you said, a bus. I mean, they are, they are big, big creatures. Now, to give you an idea of other size sharks, the great white. On average, the biggest, not on average, the biggest get about 23 to 25 feet, mm-hmm. right? Some people claim, oh, we've seen 30 footers. No, I think, I think the record is about just over 23 foot that's ever been caught mm-hmm. or landed. The basking shark is actually bigger than that. And this is another filter feeder. And that one's about 33 feet. Do you know, I found the smallest shark on earth, not the biggest, the smallest. Oh, I don't know that, Chris. What is that? <laughs> Do you know how big it is? If you had to guess how big. The smallest shark on earth is? Oh, uh, one foot. Uh, uh half, six inches. <laughs> oh, that's tiny. The dwarf that's lantern my kind shark. Of shark. Yeah, the dwarf Aww. lantern shark. Yeah, little six How inches. How cute is that? <laughs> They're little tiny ones. Yeah. Little baby babies. Now, the whale shark is more warm temperate oceans, tropical. All right. So we mm-hmm. find them mm-hmm. in the tropical zones all over the planet. And in general, they say that there's about there's two major subpopulations mm-hmm. that exist, uh, one in the Atlantic area over here by me, mm-hmm. and then one in the Indo-Pacific area, more ne- closer to where you're at in New Zealand. I know, I know, it's crazy, yeah. It's but yeah, like... they like the they, they, yeah they like the the warm oceans across the world. 
mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. a what's considered a basically a circumtropical distribution. Right. And, right. But Christmas is I don't know. I, I we we've covered a few animals now and are in our old um, notches on our belt. Right. But this one really got me thinking, and I don't know if it's because I pulled up some maps of their distributions of where they've been sighted mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. caught. But I think this might be the first species that we covered, besides even more so than polar bears, that really is across the world. Right. Uh, which right. is what we'll touch on a little bit in their conservation of why the efforts to conserve it are there's pros and cons to it because it is mm-hmm. found in lots of different places, but mm-hmm. it takes a lot of international effort and collaborations and people working across the aisles to to help these species where they're mm-hmm. found, where where they don't have where they're uh, they migrate and they move so right. far and and they're found all all just all over and I, I don't know why maybe I'm just a little more reflective now that we've done some more of these these podcasts and thinking about how all this stuff relates, but it really, they're really, they're found all over, which is once again, pros and cons of that. Oh, it is. It's, you know, my, since we started doing this last, last year, I just, my whole perspective on conservation, where we are in the world, what we need to do, what we need to get done has changed since we started the podcast. Oh, so yeah, it's oh, just, Chris, it's, it's absolutely, good, yeah, absolutely, yeah. in a good way. But I, once again, as every yeah. as every researchers, the more things I learn or the more questions I get answered, the more questions I feel like I have. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> which is right. Why you so, open one box, yeah. yeah, it's like Pandora's box. Yeah, uh, but yeah, totally, which is why I feel like we've been really blessed to have some of these specialists, uh, uh, the side interviews of. Uh, People mm-hmm. working out in the field, fighting the good fight every day, doing conservation. So, who right. knows? Hopefully, we'll maybe be able to get a whale shark uh, specialist on here to talk about some of the efforts. Um, if you're out there, yeah, let us know. Yeah, please contact us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are we, we are always lining up those interviews, and you're right. It has given me a lot of hope mm-hmm. talking to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Where it's given me, I realize every species we cover, there's people behind them trying fighting to save them so you know instead of just like oh yeah look at the support species oh well there's actually a whole effort to save that one species sure and if you, yeah and if you it's are great. if you are just tuning into the podcast and you're wondering well why should i care about uh the whale the whale shark i would say seriously just get on youtube and you'll probably be mesmerized for days like i was mm-hmm. watching all the videos of the cool things they do and them just gliding through the the water, gentle giants, so pretty. So, yeah, but yeah, they are. They really are. So here's a, a new term for me. Ooh, pelagic. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Well, Chris, I read it, and I, I'm I, okay. Well, no, but no. Well, I read it, but I, I'm a speed reader a lot because I've got a lot, a lot of uh, stuff yeah. to get through lately. So I just just thought it meant ocean. I didn't really dive too deep into what it meant. Yeah. No, okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's P-L-A-G-I-C, and it means the animal lives in the open ocean. So not coastal or reefs, but but these guys, or the whale sharks, are pelagic species, meaning they generally live out in the the open ocean, but they do come in to lagoons and the coasts and harbors and things like that. They will. What's another amazing thing about their habitat is they do migrate. And, and I know towards the end, especially when we get to conservation, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but there are some, 
tourist hotspots. One of them is on the central west coast of Australia with the Indo-Pacific whale sharks and it's Nigaloo Reef. And that's been a really big tourist hotspot of people uh, swimming with these animals. Now, there's still a lot of tracking studies. If you go and we, we look up the scientific articles on the, on them doing a lot of good work. There's a lot of good, even some of the, the videos I watched a couple too, cause you're right. It is mesmerizing. Some of the people out in the open ocean. Um, one of them I saw was off gutter in the Arabian mm-hmm. Gulf. They were tracking them and doing DNA studies and things like that. So, you know, some of those Middle Eastern countries were looking to protect them, which was really, really great, uh, to see and, and hear. And researchers that have tagged or tethered whale sharks and use satellite tracking to measure their movement think on average they have a daily movement of anywhere from 24 to 28 kilometers. Oh wow, I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But so 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 they're they're going places mm-hmm. and they're and they are what is considered a fully migratory species. So mm-hmm. they cover a lot of ground, which is one of the reasons why it's hard to do population counts on them and also to learn about them. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like you know the shark trackers now that you can get the apps and watch. Um, I know you were just telling me about the great white that's off Florida. Yeah, Mary. Mary, well, yeah. I mean, not just Florida. She that that girl goes Florida, New England. She's yeah. a girl. Yeah, New York. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you saying, Angie? Do we need to? <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah. So they migrate a lot, not for the hotties, Angie, or or uh, yeah. I know your husband's from up up there in New England area. Well, but, I was thinking more. I was thinking more of the yummy seafood they have in Boston. Okay, but yeah, good. That is great because that is why they migrate, Angie. That is awesome. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you are my you. kind of girl, right? Yes. Um, so they I, go. I'm a mom. What can I say? <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Who so, loves to eat food? <laughs> yummy food. Yeah, we all do. They they go where there's blooms of plankton or other things, and this was the coolest. Uh, again, another reason why I love talking about this. Called seasonal food pulses. I've never hmm. thought of it that way. That is like, sure. I, I wish in my academic career, past life, that I would have known that word because every time I talk about reproduction, I talk about spring, right? In the spring, of new course. growth. You have everything is hatching or babies are being born generally because you have this food pulse. Of course. So that's oh, I what, love it. Yeah. Chris, if I had a rock band, I think I would call it Food Pulse. (laughs) I like that. It it combines food and like music or rhythm, which are some of my favorite things. And so. I know, I know, I know. You need to do like music with animals and I'm going to do the the male mating behaviors to attract hotties. Yeah, there you You go. And then we'll have the best video in the world, right? The best rock video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Angie already talked about why it's important to, to, to conserve them, but it's also just the health of our oceans, which any aquatic species we've covered, we, we've, I don't want to beat it in your head, but just today, this morning, I'm reading the news and now they estimate that garbage patch in the Pacific is about twice the size of Texas. Mm. When I first heard of, heard of it a few years ago, they said it was about the size of Texas. They estimate it's twice the size of Texas, which is in Sane. That's insane. Crazy. Crazy big. I can't it, even it kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach, to be honest. Oh. Texas is um, huge. Yeah. Well, I, I did my PhD there. It's like it took you two days to drive across the mm-hmm. state. No, I know. That's it's insane. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, anyways, okay. Uh, we'll keep this upbeat. Mm, yes. Now, my favorite part, the evolution. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wake no. me up when it's over. <laughs> In all honesty, honestly, Angie, this would take like five hours to talk about shark evolution. So I got it down to one slide. Okay. I, I can, <laughs> okay. I can bear with you for one, one slide. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I, it is so convoluted, complex, and long. These okay. sh- sharks have done really well. Well, they're basically they're basically swimming dinosaurs. Right? Yes, yes, they okay. d- they that date much, back. I, I know that much. Mm-hmm. So they date back at least two hundred forty five million years. They've survived. That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. Th- three mass extinctions. May not survive the six. That's what's scary. You know, they've survived a lot mm-hmm. of things that nature's thrown at them. Maybe the ones in the super depths, who knows? But they have adapted. There's a lot of crazy different looking sharks. The whale sharks, not a lot known, because again, this is that's kind of hard to study. I think we covered it with like vampire squid and some of these other aquatic species that don't first of all, they're they're in the oceans. Open so we ocean. don't Yeah. Mm-hmm. So getting, you know, their bones and things like that, it's really, really hard. Uh so it would be cool to talk to one of the scientists and say, How do you really figure this stuff out? you know? Um but the whale shark scientific name is uh, Rincodon typus. I love it. And mm-hmm. yeah, and they belong to the subclass of sharks, rays, skates, and sawfish. So anybody mm-hmm. know what a skate is? Raise your hand. I don't, I don't know. Anybody knows? My hand's is. being raised. But okay. I'm, a, I'm an animal dork. <laughs> yeah. So have you seen skates before? I I haven't. I have not. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a type of ray, right? It's a it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, a ray fish, right? Now, the whale shark is only one of three filter-feeding sharks. So the the basking and megamouth sharks are the others. And again, they just, they, they're they really ancient animal. Uh, don't know a lot about specifically how they uh, evolved. But like Angie said earlier, there's the two subpopulations. You have the Atlantic and then the Indo-Pacific. And the only thing that, that I've, a study I found really kind of interesting was the reason these are two separate populations, and it made sense when I started really thinking about it, was about three million years ago, the oceans dropped. Okay, so when you the the cooling of the earth wasn't so hot, and then the isthmus of Panama kind of came out. Okay. And so you had this separation between the Pacific and Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So that stopped all movement of tropical fishes. Right down the right? down that equator line. Right, mm-hmm. because South America and Africa, and I never thought of this before. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes total sense. They act as buffers. I mean, you have North America and Asia, obviously, but south of the equator, South America and Africa prevent tropical fish from migrating around. So I thought that was kind of really cool because the water's off Cape, the capes of both continents. is It's just too cold for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, now, I know I'm not going to go over this, but most people know what the largest shark ever recorded in history, geological record. I mean, I do because there's one at my local museum. Yes. Megalodon, right? Mm-hmm. Megalodon. I'll, we'll save that for the Great Whites when we cover them. But they were about 60 feet, 18 meters. Thankfully died out about 2.6 million years ago because they could swallow me, Angie, and 10 other people easily in one bite. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, yeah. My my four year old likes to go. We go shark teeth hunting in the local streams here in Gainesville, and we have not found a megalodon tooth. Although in some of the rivers near the bigger river systems nearby, I believe that they have. But we find little tiny teeth. So that's yes. kind of our fun. <laughs> one of our fun little hobbies that we do. My son's really into fossils and bones. So, yeah. That's- yeah. Again, he stands no chance. He has stands no chance. That kid is going to be animal crazy. <laughs> well, he knows so much about platypus, right? Oh, he was telling me he wanted to be part of this podcast because he knows a lot about <laughs> whale sharks too. So I think we might have to start our own little side mini series, uh, Xander, Xander, and yeah. Xander creatures or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome because he was hilarious. If you if you haven't listened to platypus, go listen to the first five minutes. It's well worth it. And Chris, since we're on the subject of teeth, reading about these whale sharks, I just presume that they are filter feeders, and we'll talk a little bit more about the really cool mm-hmm. technique that they do to basically strain uh, plankton and small fish and krill uh, out of the water mm-hmm. that they engulf. So I just assumed they didn't have teeth. But once I started researching them, lo and behold, not only do these whale sharks mm-hmm. have teeth, mm-hmm. Chris, but they have 300 rows in each jaw. Shark teeth are just crazy. They're crazy. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? So potentially when I am um, shark teeth hunting here in local, locally in my community here in Florida and Gainesville, we might be finding whale shark teeth because even though they don't need them, they have them for the most part. So it's a crazy adaptation. Yeah. It really, it, it really is. And so what came first, the chicken or the eggs? Did whale sharks come before Sharks that need their teeth that mm-hmm. were very carnivorous uh, mm-hmm. for tearing, or did they start? I, I don't know. The whole it's Filter just so feeding, crazy yeah, to me. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and along with the teeth, they also have what's called dermal denticles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's basically just described as a tooth-like scale structure. Yeah, and you're looking at those. It's it's cool, and I'll put this in the show notes because I actually have a picture from a scientific paper that I was looking up about those. And yeah, they're like little hooks, really sharp, you know, and that really helps them catch the krill and, and hold it. Yeah. Uh, tra- without... yeah kind of tra- trap the, trap the food as it's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As part of their, their feeding strategy, the, the teeth is amazing. They, whale sharks live, can be live up to a hundred years old. That's what I read. Yeah. 60 to 60 to a hundred. And we really don't know, but that's, what yeah, it's yeah, estimated. we don't know. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, oldest in captivity, what do you think? Oh, uh, 50 years? No, 18. Oh. But oh, I was way off. it's still living. Oh, okay. <laughs> so There's it's still hope. living. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Chris. It's let's the... put our money down, and you and I will talk yeah. 40 years from now. That's really bad <laughs> yeah. math. It's not quite 40. It'd be like 30-something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if I'm right or not. If, yeah, it's still there. It's... It's in uh, Japan, mm-hmm. and that's because they didn't just have aquariums for these guys. You know, it took a while to develop ways to properly maintain them in a, in a proper yeah, environment. Yeah, I imagine they need a lot of space, so, and and they're specialty feeders. Right. It's not typically right an easy thing right. to make it. So you really got to be, yeah, you just can't throw them in a, in a tank and say, "Oh, good luck." No, I mean it, it takes a lot since they're so big. So that one's still still doing well in Japan. Now, like Angie said, the, the mouths are about five feet across or one and a half meters. They have five pairs of gills on each side, really small eyes. So going back to Dory, 
Destiny in the movie has really poor eyesight. She can't see really without Dory. And that's true. They can't really see well, they that. Well. Really, they don't really need to see. So there's that. Yeah. There's, nah. there's that. Benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Destiny doesn't need to, uh, <laughs> navigate the open ocean mm-hmm. that much. Right. Yeah. And their, their eyes about the size of a golf ball. So for a 40 foot animal, it's really not that big. No, imagine. Big, yeah, yeah. That's for a that big, size, for, yeah, yeah, for that span, five foot span. But now, Chris, their their nose is pretty uh, well developed, though, right? Yes, is that, yes. And that yeah, makes yeah. sense because they need to be able to sense different patches of of the plankton or the krill or what they're eating with with olfactory cues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the the sensing for that. It's really again, I, I support you. In watching videos after you wrote down your dissertation, <laughs> which you're almost there. You're almost there, Ange. You're almost there. And I know this is the... It's the final Oh, uh, no, it's the worst part. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I had to remind myself that last night at one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, almost there. How many more nights? How many more nights? Is yeah. This uh, it's It sucks. But it, you're, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> So, talking about their senses and those videos, you watch those videos and watch them feed. So, you think of a, I think a basking shark, you know, they, they open their mouths really wide and just go and they catch, mm-hmm. you know, like a baleen whale. They go and catch and then squeeze the water out and swallow. The mm-hmm. whale shark is doing suction feeding. And so, mm-hmm. what's really cool in those videos, after I read this and I really watched the videos paying attention, you could see it. They open up their mouths really wide, that sucks in the water, and then mm-hmm. they close it. So that's how they catch their food. It's not just them going through the water with their mouths open. They actually will move it and then move their head side to side. You know, so when you watch sure. those videos, yeah, it's really cool. So when they do that, they filter about fifteen hundred gallons an hour, or wow. five fifty six hundred liters that of water. Fun yeah. fact. That's yeah. incredible, Chris. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, yeah, again, we talked about the small marine life that they eat. Yeah, well, what they're doing too, right, the, the water then, when they close their mouth, they compress the water. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right word, but then it goes out, out of their gills. And it's these dermal denticles, a pad-like structure that's near their gill plate that pretty much only lets water through. So Right. They, yeah, it's... Leave. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, a, it's a, I'm like, man, that should be the invention for the next water filter or something. Yeah. Get, all, get all the crud out of like stream water or whatnot. Uh, right, right. But really, it's, it's, it's very, yeah, it's like a very fine sieve. If, uh, if you're yeah, familiar with yeah. what a sieve is in the apparatus. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really unique modification of like these gill rays. Yeah. And nothing, yeah, it's really yeah, cool no, stuff. Nothing yeah. but fluid uh, gets passed. And so it can, it can retain organisms above Two to three millimeters in diameter, so mm-hmm. that, that's very small. And, mm-hmm. and therefore, that's the yeah, the different plankton and krill and other other small fish that they're eating. Yeah, that, I mean that's incredibly small. So you think about, wow, the force. I just I'm, I'm just imagining them them eating, you know. So they suck in all this water, close their mouths, and compress that. See how strong that's got to be. Mm-hmm. How much muscles behind oh, that? Oh yeah. Right? And now, yeah. when I get to the behavior section, our I was fairly disappointed because there's really not a lot out there as far mm-hmm. as the behaviors they do. But they have been observed doing what's like a coughing 
motion. Mm-hmm. And researchers mm-hmm. think that the, this is a sort of mechanism to help clear or flush these the gill rakers or the sieve when mm-hmm. food particles or things get caught in it. Right, right. And they kind of, yeah, and they shake their head side to side, right? Like, and it was watching the, uh, the one, I think it was a National Geographic, the off-gutter, they were working with fishermen because the fishermen actually depend on whale sharks to find schools of tuna or mackerel, and they right. use them. And the fishermen actually, from what the documentary was saying, if they're not particularly fishing for whale shark, they like the whale sharks because they're showing them where all the schools are. Sure. So they want mm-hmm. them around. They want to save them. They want the whale sharks in the water. So help them catch the smaller fish. That that's what they're really after, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And again, like you said, jumping into behavior, very docile. I know you said that in the beginning. They people do swim with them. We're going to get into a little bit of the ecotourism with them, but you know, again, if you ever have the chance. You know, please support them, support the local communities, but don't ever touch them. Don't harass them. Let them do their thing. It's almost like the thing we go back into, I don't remember which pot it was, we talked about swimming with the manatees in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, people do that, and they pay a lot of money to do that, and it's great. It helps the local community, but don't ever touch them or harass them. You know, just observe well, Chris, I've really been thinking a lot about this, especially with the whale sharks and seeing some of the ecotourism operations that are mm-hmm. around. And I think with with all wildlife, wherever you're viewing it, whether you're viewing a squirrel on your sidewalk or you're at Yellowstone Park, I mean, I think you just need to always have be a respectful tourist or or ecotourism, right. and, and not only when you're viewing animals, but when you're in nature, you, you know, leave no trace, mm-hmm. leave no garbage behind, leave no footprint, uh, mm-hmm. be respectful. Mm-hmm. And, it, and yes, if you are going on a, on a tour where you get to do something really cool, like swim with manatees, I've been lucky enough to do that. I mm-hmm. actually was able to snorkel, uh, with manta rays, and in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So, but you want to, but do your homework, make sure that you're going with a very well-certified operation, that they're respectful of the wildlife, that they're licensed. And Mm -hmm. then of course, all the good tours are going to teach you how to be a good tourist and what rules to follow. And I, my husband always teases me, I don't really love rules. I don't always love following rules. (laughs) It's funny. Really? I didn't know that about you at all. I must have been, been married long enough now where we're almost like switching roles where he's like breaking rules and uh-huh. it's, I'm kind of like, ooh, what a, what a bad boy. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm more the one like, we can't do that. And so it's just so funny. We've, we've like rubbed off on each other because before my, you know, when I met him, it was like, yeah. oh, rule, like let's break it. That's what it's for. Um, <laughs> That's for. Oh yeah, and with kids. So, but anyways, but with that being said, this is the t- not in the time, you know, this, uh, yeah, this is a time in your life when you are working out in nature with wildlife, or especially if you're doing some of these unique oper- uh, touring right. operations, to uh, to not break the rules right. and to be respectful of the an- animals and not exploit them. Uh, so that's a great point. Just don't break the rules like Angie does. 
Don't be Angie in the wild, no, please. No, in the wild, Chris. I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very good behavior. I, I, uh, I contain, yeah, I contain yeah. myself, and I follow the rules. And uh, I think it's. I imagine you yeah, are there. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it comes with age too. I'm a little more safer than I probably used to be. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I see. I know who you associate yeah, yeah. with, Angie. No, just kidding. You know, and, and I think it's a good point. You know, it's again a big conservation message. But really quick on the repro, but before we jump into conservation, did you want to jump in about you know generation interval? What do we know? Because it's again we don't know a sure. lot about them. Uh, well, in regards to reproduction, we don't know very much. But researchers do think that males and females are probably considered to be mature or reproductively active at about mm-hmm. seventeen years old. Um, for males and maybe 19 to 22 years for females of the Indo-Pacific. That's yeah, of the Indo-Pacific whale that's, shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really long. Yes, it's very very long. Which is wow, that's crazy. Uh, I did not expect that. No, I know they're so uh, their generation interval is generalized as 25 years. Which is yeah, it's a human, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they live to be uh, like we had mentioned before. Their longevity is between sixty and hundred years. Mm-hmm. Also, also very similar to human. And so right. now, female whale shark ecology is really poorly known. So, mm-hmm. in fact, Chris, this is this is this is incredible. This is two thousand and eighteen. Okay. And um, I right. think whale sharks, we've known about them as far as in the Western world um, for over 100 years. And uh, I would have to look at my notes. But mm-hmm. so we've known we've known about these guys for 100 years. And are you ready for this one, Chris? Yeah, we have never we don't know where they give birth. We don't know hmm. much about how they give birth. We've never seen them give birth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, the whole mating, there, there's no breeding mm-hmm. behaviors that we know about. Uh, we know they get in these aggregations in different areas, like you'd mentioned earlier in the podcast. But researchers don't necessarily know if it's for feeding or breeding, or they speculate perhaps it's for mm-hmm. for giving birth. And so they're very, very uh, they're they're sneaky and they're pri- they're very private. Mm-hmm. And these areas where these whale sharks are often regularly sighted. They they never have re-sightings, or those are rare. Mm-hmm. So a pregnant mm-hmm. shark, shark is maybe observed in location A, and then you know she's never observed there again. So it, it's just really it's. Yeah. Quite, I, mean, I can't believe it's 2018, and and we know very little. The one little tidbit of knowledge that we do know that's pretty much cited like in every paper. This 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 author yeah. gets like a ton of credit, bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, lucky, yeah. lucky guy. But interestingly enough, yeah. in nineteen ninety five, a single pregnant female was either are caught or are in, mm. something happened and in in from Taiwan. And upon mm. necropsy it was found that she had three hundred and four three hundred and four yeah, wow. pups. Wow. Uh, inside wow. of her, and what that helped establish because there was great debate in the community if whale sharks gave what is considered like live birth, so they grow live birth. Yeah, mm-hmm, they grow in a in you know in eggs inside the animal, and then they're born live. Or if mm-hmm. the other way to do it is that they'll the female will expel an egg case 
mm-hmm. and then the animal will hatch on the sea floor when it's ready. So right, right. the other really really cool thing about this one study is, or this one 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 develop one animal, Chris, in the two you know mm-hmm. in, in hundreds of years of the three hundred and four pups in the whale shark, uh, they were in various stages of development. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. So that they weren't all the same. So they age. weren't all the same. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So super bizarre. And researchers yeah. speculate that what the what is seen in some of the other sharks is uh, the females can store sperm, and what they might do mm-hmm. then is as they're cycling and they're releasing eggs, then that's then they'll release some of the sperm, and then that'll fertilize one batch and then that batch right. will be growing and then through the next cycle or, you know, maybe it's depend on food or seasonality or they don't, you know, they, they really don't know, <laughs> but it's right. So it's almost, almost like reptiles that store. Yeah. Sperm for years. And, and, and they, they did some yeah. DNA test on these pups and they, they believe it was all from one male, but with this type right. of, uh, reproduction technique, there's always a chance too, that there could be multiple males, but just, but Multiple nobody's males, yeah. seen him breed. Nobody's seen him give birth. Like we just don't right. know. And to me, that's just—it's such a large species. And I—I I mean, it just goes to show like how large the ocean is and how secretive these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, it just—I mm-hmm. mean, with all the technology we have, it's—it's uh, it, just really interesting. So I think that I think yeah. you know, since you're over there in that region, you should probably be. And you should figure it out, and then you'll basically be cited on every paper, every paper about <laughs> yeah. about whale shark, whale sharks, yeah, reproduction for, for repro. The rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we just we just don't know. It's pretty. Interesting, yeah, I would say but- most scientists that work with aquatic species yell and scream. They're like, we don't know anything about the ocean. Yeah, we know I know. nothing. They they do believe at this point in time. Grant that could change next year, but at this point in time, they think it's uh, the largest litter. The, you know, having the 304 pup yeah. that represents a, a lot larger litter than um, other shark species, and they have observed um, a, what they call a neonate or a baby, uh, a baby whale mm-hmm. shark swimming that was only about 46 centimeters. Um, so oh, wow. so okay. they think that that might be what size they're born at, but nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Or are they all born at once? Right. I mean, they just they just don't know, Chris. So for me, yeah. it's just so cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. hey, all you kids out there, go be a whale shark researcher and find this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. It would be awesome. It's there again, uh, something we don't know a lot about. I, it would be cool when we do great white sharks, you know, in the next few months, whenever we get to that, that uh, there's, I know with the great interest because of mm-hmm. jaws and all the stuff that's been going on, but you watch shark week, discovery channel, things like that. Great white is like the major sure. focus. So there's been a ton of money pouring into research for that. Probably not a ton. They would probably scream at me yeah, and say, Chris. ah, there's like no money. Yeah. But more so than this poor guy struggling to, to identify whale sure. shark stuff, right? Sure. Still not enough uh, money. Still not enough so, money. Uh, <laughs> no, never enough money. Never enough money. It's uh, uh, Money sucks. And Chris, here's the deal. These whale sharks need us now more than ever. Um, they're... They're po- they are recently been updated through the IUCN as endangered in 2016, mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. population is decreasing. They believe there's been an mm-hmm. overall 60, 63% in the Indo-Pacific whale shark in the last 75 years or th- three generations. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are no – nobody knows how many whale sharks are left because – as we've touched on already, the the mm-hmm. ref estimates, but these are very hard species to 
um, to count because of where they live and how they live and what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but they definitely know that there's been a, a, a huge decline in the past 75 years. And with, with this long life cycle, yeah. like we mentioned, not even maturing till you're in your 20, in your twenties that mm -hmm. even if they do give birth to 300 pups, sharks, I mean, not that many, they're not all going to make it right because they're little and they're no, like, yeah. not most of them won't. right yeah. and so and then it's going to take that one another you know another 20 years to mature to reproduce again and so and then if there's less of them they're probably it's probably harder for them to find each other and then they have a lot of threats and so i think that's yeah. one of the keys I, we should focus in with the whale sharks is that they they and they do have some threats and and mm -hmm. probably predominantly it's going to be they're often uh, a product of bycatch. So they'll accidentally yeah. get caught in nets, like I mentioned in the video mm -hmm. that I watched. And the, and the mm -hmm. nets aren't named, they're not aiming for them. They're just caught in it because they're following these schools fish around. And, right. And I, like I was saying, the, the conservation or the videos that you watch or some of these things that you read, the fishermen are just, the whale sharks cue them in onto where there's a school of fish. So they find the whale sharks, then they drop their nets and some, I assume don't care, you know, like, sure. Sometimes they'll set the they nets. Them, yeah. They'll basically set the nets like around the whale sharks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they don't care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause they'll, ca they'll catch them and, and harvest them for their meat. Right. So. Yes. I mean, that's, uh, there's definitely more conservation efforts being made in more countries to regulate that. And mm -hmm. to prevent that, uh, but it does still happen, of course. I mean, you, they, you can't, right. unfortunately, in the open waters, it's hard to police everything. And in mm -hmm. the same mm -hmm. instance, too, um, they've become, unfortunately, in the past 20 to 30 years, um, a victim of poaching, which right. stinks for them. Um, nobody, nobody cared about mm -hmm. whale sharks for a long, long, long time. But, of course, in the past 20 to 30 years, they've become... Um, uh, their meat and uh, their fins right. and sometimes uh, some of their byproducts are used as oil means that they're being targeted mm -hmm. by po uh, uh, poachers and there's estimates that you know yeah. hundreds or thousands are killed each year for this reason which it's not legal poaching right. is not legal of course but it's it's very hard to police right. and then there another threat that they're under is uh, collision with boats and so they often mm -hmm. feed in these these warm tropical waters, and they can be hit mm -hmm. by propellers, or um, and sometimes they even can sustain you know, life life threatening injuries. So it's with these biological characteristics: their large size, slow growth, late maturation, and extended longevity um, that make them very susceptible to overexploitations. And makes and therefore it makes right, it even if we right. started saving them all tomorrow, it still takes their populations a long time to right, rebound. Right, and it was you were talking about the shark fin, and that was kind of you know my a conservation tip. Again, plastic is the big one. If you, if you want to do anything for the oceans, avoid plastic. As I look at a plastic bottle sitting on my desk, and it makes me feel really bad. 
So I've been tr- doing my best. You should feel bad. I have glad. Well, <laughs> no, don't, don't feel. There's no need to plastic shame anybody. No, but no, I, I do. I have my, I have my same water glass, yeah. my mason jar that my husband teases me about that I use every day. Yeah. I don't even know if I wash. I don't think I wash it, yeah. but whatever. Uh, save water that way, and then, uh, and then I have my my tea. Yeah. But it is. It's 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 a it's a hard habit to kick. But you know, but you can recycle too. We do. Right? I mean, sure obviously, that- yeah. If you, uh, I couldn't imagine not recycling. It's just they sell. There's this thing called L and P down here. It's lemon and perora, and it's like the only thing you can get it in is plastic bottles. And it's like I kind of like it. I support the local economy, and it's better it's, than Coke. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I still feel bad when I yeah, buy it. Yeah, it's still hard. So you know, the, obviously, that's a conservation tip that will hammer, hammer, hammer. But the other one is. Angie mentioned the shark finning and shark fin soup. Oh my God, please don't ever, 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 ever eat shark fin soup. Don't support that. It is being sold in the U.S. You can go uh, to many restaurants. Really? And make, make, yes, yes. It is mm. estimated 73 million sharks are killed each year for just their fins. Oh, that's that's it. so silly. Oh, it is ridiculous. It's not sustainable. It's absolutely not sustainable. And... What these fishermen do is they capture the sharks, they cut the fins off, and they throw the shark back in the ocean. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And they yeah, turn around no. and make this soup that costs uh, U.S. $80 per pound. Okay. It's a delicacy. And I don't. Please don't ever, ever, ever eat shark fin soup. No, I know. And there's actually uh, one or two reports of whale sharks that have their fins missing. Yeah. And, yeah. But they're still, they're doing yeah, okay. They, they are maybe, you know, only, maybe only part of it was taken off. Or, and they don't yeah. know for sure if it was part of this, uh, this ridiculousness. Catch, yeah. Um, yeah. but, but still, it's, it's, it's obviously concerning. And, it, but it's, it's a hard battle. Uh, the, with the, unfortunately, mm-hmm. with this high demand and, and, and the cost, um, that's where if you vote with your dollar and you don't consume it and tell your friends yeah. not to consume it and, and that it's, it's silly and ridiculous that yeah. then, then we'll drive the prices down and then nobody, will will right. you know go after the shark. So yeah, right, um yeah. yeah, that's I just I guess yeah, I just didn't even realize it. I, I yeah, I didn't realize it was even that you could get it in the states. But. Yeah. No, I did. And I I was going to say I read an article a guy who wanted to see how easy it was did find it in a Chinese restaurant I think in San Francisco and it was pretty pricey and said it tasted like nothing. Now, before we jump into our hook on what is the longest living animal on earth. Mm. Do you want to talk about some organizations you want to support? Oh, Chris. Yes. Because once again, I had a lot of, a lot of fun researching this. The, the whale shark is growing in popularity. So there's definitely a good, a good handful, happy handful of organizations doing wonderful things for whale sharks. But the first one mm-hmm. I want to touch in is in my neck of the woods over here in, um, in North and North and South. And yeah. Angie, real quick. I love this part of the podcast. I hope people stick around and listen to this because you do such thorough uh, research. But when I'm editing this, I just wanted to, to, to say this because I haven't been able to say this to you. God bless you for the research you do on these guys. And again, this is what makes doing this pod so exciting. I, the, the people doing God's work. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just was like, 
I got to say thank you to Angie. I mean, I do all the time anyways. I love my grad students and my friends. But, oh, that's so sweet. I, uh, I I actually thought we were going off air for a second. I'm like, oh, is he answering the phone? I didn't yeah. know it. But I, I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. I, was like, I, was, I was like in the conservation zone. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, oh. I'm sorry. I know you get in that zone. But I was just was like, because I, I know some people are like, oh, I don't need to listen to this. And I'm like, they need to listen to this because you do such a great job. And it's amazing. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say thank oh, you. Oh, you're too kind. And and I hope people do listen to it because it is it gives me a lot of hope and it, I'm off and there's just a lot of good going on in the world and a lot of ways to support the you know besides donations or whatever there's you know there's lots of ways to support these groups and give them a shout out and my first mm-hmm. one is uh closest to me. It's probably the closest I could get to if I had yeah, if I if I needed to. Uh, it's the Whale, Shark, and Oceanic Research Center. And oh. they can be found at www.wsorc.org. They're also on Facebook, so you could like them on Facebook, and then you, your feed would get blown up with awesome... Forget about the kitties. Mm-hmm. You get, you'd yeah, get yeah. <laughs> kitties and dogs. You'd get, uh, well, in addition to that, then you'd get um, some some really cool whale shark photos and videos. But what they do is they're located out of Honduras, and they're a nonprofit conservation organization. And they operate one of the few year-round whale shark monitoring and research centers in the world. So they're tracking these guys year-round, and they also have a dedicated team of scientific staff and volunteers that want to help not only obviously conserve and save the whale shark, but they also want to conserve mm-hmm. the marine environment, which these sharks live in, which is important because we can save all the species you, we want in the ocean. But like right. you said, Chris, if we don't do something about this uh, two times the size of Texas trash pile in the ocean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not going to really be a happy home for them. So they, they do a lot with uh, marine environments and, um, and they're really, they do, uh, they help educate and teach standard ethical operating procedures mm-hmm. for a lot of the whale shark encounters for a lot of the, a lot of the different um, mm-hmm. tourist mm-hmm. operations. So good job, whale shark and oceanic research center. Check them out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like yeah. them on Facebook and going to keep, uh, keep following them and all the good work that they do. And then my second organization is kind of the dream. This is over nearby you. And this is mm-hmm. the, is it, is it Maldives or Mal- Maldives? How do you say that? The Maldives. I believe okay. it's Maldives. Okay. So this is the Maldives Whale Shark Research Program. And they are out of the Maldives, which looks like my paradise. And Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I've seen hotel pictures. I'm like... Oh, that would be so awesome. I'm like, honey, it's our anniversary (laughs) this weekend, you know, can we just get there and, you know, get it halfway across the world and do this. But anyways, they can be found at www.maldiveswhalesharkresearch.org. And they have a very heavy Facebook presence too. And Mm -hmm. they're registered out of the UK, but they work in the Maldives and they support mm-hmm. whale research projects and they do a lot of community conservation initiatives to help get the locals mm-hmm. involved with one. Once again, you got to get the locals involved if you want to help protect these, the fishermen and, um, and then people that also use the ocean for other things. And they really just believe in community mobilization, but their main goal mm-hmm. is they, they're like me. This is why this is like, I need to go work for these guys is they want to discover more about mm-hmm. the biology and ecology of whale sharks and 
why it's so secretive and what is happening. They want to learn more about behavior. So I could actually have something to talk about in that section. Um, And of course they want to preserve the, the the habitat that they swim in and the oceans. And Mm -hmm. they, um, they want to learn more about how tourism using, you know, using science, how tourism can, is impacting these guys. Because obviously, like you said, it's not, you don't want to go grab a whale shark when you're, um, doing a tourist thing with them. And so what is the, the safest approach to be near these, these gentle giants. So they've also, and right. you'll like this, yeah. Chris, too. They also, for uh, people in that area of uh, the woods, they've implemented an online citizen science platform. Oh, called, awesome. Yeah, and it's got a great name. It's called Big Fish Network. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is perfect. <laughs> look that up. And that helps... And that helps attain records of whale and shark sightings um, from different tour operators and fishermen um, in the mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So yeah, check out the Maldives. Yeah. Mal- is it Maldives? I, I got Maldives. Maldives. Yeah. Ah, clearly, yeah. I don't get a chance to go there if I don't know how to say it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> check out the Maldives yeah. Whale Shark Research Program. Like them on Facebook. Your um, your 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 feed will thank Angie for it in the yeah, morning yeah. when you're seeing yeah. pictures of these beautiful creatures in slow motion. And Angie, I bet you we're both wrong, but who knows? I'm just calling it Maldives. <laughs> okay, so our hook. Yes. So to answer your question, the longest living species. Okay, so the world record for the oldest person is 122 and a half years old. Oh, uh, I want to beat that. I want to beat that record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. French woman, uh, Jean Calmont, who died in 1997. Now, wow, Galapagos tortoises, cool. 176 years old. Nice. Harriet... Died in Australia in 2006. She was believed to have been collected by Darwin what? in 1835. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Awesome. Oh, yeah, man. That, wow. was, that was awesome. All right, I've heard this before. Bowhead whales, 211 years. I know they've they have seen a bowhead whale still with a harpoon in it from the 1800s. That's incredible. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now we're getting up there. Now, the Greenland shark is pretty ancient. For sharks, they they can live to be about 400 years old. That's, in, that's okay. just, what is going, I mean, yeah. this is just the, you know, the physiologist yeah, in me. the biology. How, how is it, what, like, what are they doing, and can I get some of that, and why aren't we studying that, yeah. and unlocking the code? Yeah. And, and I just wonder, too, like, what is the, what is the... The benefit of living that long, or yeah. why? Why did they evolve? I don't know. For that? I don't I don't know. know. It's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. So now we're getting there. I got two to okay. go. Icelandic clam, five hundred and seven years ago. Wow. There how was a specimen. Even, how do they even know this? <laughs> oh I don't know. Carbon dating, I guess. So there is. I'm reading this. It says a specimen named Ming, after the dynasty in power at its birth, was accidentally killed by research scientists. Of oh, course. Jeez. <laughs> 500 year old clam. Uh, put that in my, uh, linguine. Yeah. All right. Drum roll. The longest living species is immortal. Ah, tricky, sneaky, Chris. The (laughs) juvenile or the, uh, the jellyfish, Teriptopsis dorni, dorni. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can return from the adult stage to the juvenile and back again. It just keeps regenerating. We need to cover this guy. Yes. yes, I think we will. I think we will. And with that, thank you. Calls for us this week. Please Man, follow us on Facebook. You left us follow with like us the on biggest, Twitter. You left us with like the biggest hook. You didn't answer the hook, but anyways. <laughs> no, it is. It's the it's the one that lives the longest. I know, the jellyfish. But, but now I want to know more about it. So 
Oh, wow. Okay. Next pod. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, we will, uh, we will cover this species very soon. I promise you. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Please subscribe, rate, and review. But thank you for sticking with us. I Another great episode with Angie. And, again, it highlights our week. I know we're both, her and I are both busy being parents and stuff. But we love doing this. And, and just thank you for uh, for listening. Yes, thank you, everyone. Happy whale shark watching. You'll thank me later. Yep. Bye-bye. Listen. Learn. Share. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.